0: Welcome back to the Maui Nuka Oi Magazine and Silver Shark Media podcast. I'm Jason Evans of Silver Shark Media, and as always, we thank you for tuning in today and encourage you to subscribe and download to the podcast series. I'd like to welcome our next guest, Michael Jordan, Master Sommelier and Director of Global Key Accounts for Jackson Family Wines and an upcoming presenter at this weekend's Kapalua Wine and Food Festival. So, Michael, thank you for taking the time to chat today.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on with
0: you. Of course, and I should say this week's uh, festival because it actually starts this Thursday. It's not just over the weekend. It starts Thursday, June 9th, and you are going to be a busy man. But before we get into the festival itself, um, I'd like our audience to learn a little bit more about you as you have kind of a job I think many dream of, which is tasting wine for a living, Mm -hmm. Uh, And in (laughs) fact, you are one of only 15 people in the world who has been awarded both Master Sommelier and CWE diplomas, uh, which stands for Certified Wine Educator. So first question is, how did you get into this industry?
1: Oh, I love it. Uh, You know, before I tell you how, I just want to tell you, you're right. I'm the luckiest guy on the planet, (laughs) (laughs) and and I love what I get to do, and it's not lost on me. I'm extremely grateful. I I grew up in the restaurant business, uh, and that's really how it all started. My father uh, opened a restaurant uh, in L.A., actually, in 63, and it, it became so incredibly famous. My dad was born and raised in Hoboken, New Jersey. And believe it or not, his best friend was Frank Sinatra. Oh my
0: gosh. Who,
1: yeah, who lived, they lived in the same building together on Monroe Street. And um, Frank's mom, Dolly, was the midwife when my dad was born.
0: Amazing.
1: And my, uh, uh, my friend, Frank's mom, Dolly, was m- when my dad was born, midwife. And my grandma, Louise, was the midwife when Frank Sinatra was born. So uh, they grew up together, best friends of life for, for all of their whole entire lives. And then when my dad, Made it out to L.A. after the war. Uh, Frank got him a job uh, in a restaurant, and then my father opened his restaurant, Mateo's Restaurant, on of Westwood course. Boulevard. Yeah. Yep, and and uh, Frank literally made my dad by just hanging out in there four nights a week, and everybody came. It was a scene. And so every movie star and celebrity, my dad served six presidents. Wow. Uh, yeah. So then he opened the Mateo's Restaurant in Waikiki. Uh, which we had for 20 years as well. And I grew up in that restaurant on Oahu, uh, you know, every day after school, chopping garlic and mopping the floor and washing pots and pans until I was tall enough to reach the glass rack up over the dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, my dad gave me a a promotion and a raise to dishwasher. And it was on. It was on from there. So I did every job in the kitchen, and, and I just I fell in love with the, the culture, and the, it's in my DNA. I can't help
0: it. Yeah. Well, the, I, I know it's an amazing story, too. I, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, so obviously uh, Frank Sinatra and, and Bruce Springsteen are mandatory to learn about both of them growing up in, in that region of the country. Yeah. So there's, there's different levels to becoming a sommelier. Um, and so for a master psalm, I'd love for you to share an example of what you have to do to achieve that, because... I know a little bit about it, um, from some other friends in the industry, but I, I don't know if everyone knows the extent in which you really have to be a a master of your craft.
1: Oh my, it's, it's so incredibly difficult. Uh, I, I'll, I will tell you a little bit, but there's a, actually a movie that was made, uh, several years back called Psalm S O M M. And Uh, it's uh, a great, yeah. Netflix and Apple, uh, and I, you know, ITV, but, uh, That thing documents the exam pretty well, but really it's four levels of examination. And let's say in the master level exam, there's three parts. Uh, One part is theory. So it's anything they could possibly ask you about, not just wine, but wine from anywhere in the world. Or cocktails or liquor or sake or beer or just about anything you can drink as a beverage uh, is the entire world of what they could ask you. And then there is a service examination where you, you do tasks and service and things that we would do in a super fine dining restaurant. Uh, and with extreme service, those kinds of you know white tablecloth, white glove kind of thing, which we hardly even see anymore, mm-hmm. and along with asking you the world's hardest questions while you're doing it and trying try to trip you up and sure the hardest part though is the third part, which is the the blind tasting or what we call deductive tasting, where they give you six wines and twenty five minutes there's uh three white wines and three red wines. And these can be from anywhere in the world. It could be anything in the world, but it has to be kind of a typical wine made in a classical style, you know, not just some random thing that no one's heard of. Uh, They got to be classics. And then we look at them, smell, taste and describe how they look, how they smell and how they taste and then tell them the grape or blend of grapes the village and the vintage year that those wines are from, but you have to describe them thoroughly first correctly and then tell them where it's from and what it is. And if you don't pass all three of these parts, well, you know, we'll see you back here next year.
0: Yeah. I I can only imagine the detail in which your your taste buds are firing. Do you taste... I always wonder this. As someone who is so... um, You know, you have to be very hyper-focused for something like that. Do you carry that into... Other things that you taste, like just regular food, um, or is yes, that something that you're able? Yeah, I say. Or is it something you're able to isolate uh, simply to 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 wine?
1: Well, I, I think i Let me say I'm capable of <laughs> uh, focusing that intensely on anything uh, we're tasting or I'm tasting, but I try really to enjoy and keep things in perspective more sure. uh, than I did when I was like, let's say studying for that top level exam. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, it's funny because Teresa, my wife, who I adore, and we've been married 33 years together. So she's put up with me all these years and, and all of that stuff. Sometimes she may tell me, you know, honey, let's, let's just order some wine and try to get it here before the entree comes. And, and and not work, okay, during our meal, and just enjoy the meal, and uh, that really is good it's a good message from her because really that's what sharing food and wine and eating and drinking is all about is enjoying it rather than making it work.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you uh, you have a very extensive resume. Um, I recommend checking it out, uh, your bio on the Kapalua Wine and Food Festival website. Because if you Google Michael Jordan, it might take you a while um, to, <laughs> to get through the search results between the basketball player and the actor. Um, but you have a very extensive bio as you said, over 40 years working in hospitality, part of 17 different restaurant openings, and you're asked to judge wine competitions. So what's that process like for you um, when you're judging a competition versus, as you just mentioned, enjoying a glass of wine with your wife at dinner?
1: Oh, you know, I got to tell you, judging wines uh, is really fun and I love doing it. I, I, um, I enjoy it very, very much. What is cool in some of the uh, top premier uh, wine competitions in the country, like the Los Angeles international wine competition is kind of the, the granddaddy of them all. It's a, I don't know, 83 or four years running now, uh, oldest in the country for sure. Uh, but they, well, w- when I was the chair of that event and running it, I would select four judges to be on each panel and try to pick uh, four different types of, wine guest. In other words, a winemaker, a restaurateur, a chef, and maybe a wine writer or someone else in the trade uh, so that they're not all winemakers or they're not all chefs or they're not all restaurant people. So you get more what I would call a super palate or a cross cut of a a typical human being with some skills palate, right? So that uh, you get the four people. You got about maybe ten wines at a time put in front of you, a flight of ten wines. They could be all the same grape. Maybe we're judging Cabernet Sauvignons together, you know I mean? and me. Uh, and they're they're going to be all from the same vintage year. They're going to give us ten different wines, and we're going to slowly but methodically first smell them all, then taste them all, and spit the wine out. And going through uh, picking the most delicious ones, we're going to award these a no medal. At all a bronze medal a silver medal or a gold medal now where the real interesting conversations come in is when two people want to give it a silver and two people want to give it a gold mm-hmm. right and we're we're really trying to you know award someone a gold medal because that's what we're there for is to really find find some medals for some people for great wines uh, but the two things that are the most important one It needs to be varietally correct, so we need to understand what that means. What is it supposed to taste like, in a way? Mm -hmm. And the second thing is deliciousness and the length of the finish, the aftertaste. Like, wow, how delicious is this wine, and how long does the aftertaste linger are two of the things that give a wine the highest score. So that's interesting.
0: And you—well, the other thing that's interesting, and if you haven't watched a a documentary like Som or or seen a competition, you mentioned you're not drinking— You know, ten wines. You're tasting and then spitting out for, I think, obvious reasons. Because if you were to drink ten wines, there would be some uh, maybe impairment on judgment at some point by the time you get to seven, eight, and nine.
1: Yeah, we give them all golds after that. Oh, that one's good too. Yeah, right. No, but like you're saying, honestly, uh, we we're we're also writing down all kinds of details and facts very, very quickly while we're tasting. And that's that's the hardest thing about tasting is just getting to. Catching up with your brain because the brain moves really fast. You can smell things and identify things so quickly, but trying to articulate them or catch what they are, what I'm smelling, or uh, pinpoint or or, uh, say what it is I'm smelling and tasting, mm, that's that's a little more work. And so that's, that's the hardest part of it all.
0: And it, it, it is a job for you when you are judging. Um, okay. But for the folks that are going to the Coppola Wine Food Festival this week, it's going to be primarily for enjoyment, I hope. Um, so oh, yeah. So what, what kind of tips would you give? Let's let's say you're a casual wine drinker. I would consider myself a, a casual wine drinker. Um, what would kind of tips would you give that person for approaching this weekend to learn maybe about some new types of wines or just some new wines in general?
1: Well, I would say that Uh, We, you know, we're going to have four different winemaker panels on two on Friday and two on Saturday. And I would suggest to them to sign up for the first panel on Friday called How to Taste Like a Master, where actually I am going to lead all of our guests through the deductive blind tasting format with an actual kind of a grid that we use and four wines poured blind. They won't know what they are. I'm going to teach them how to guess what they are. And at the end of this seminar, those folks are actually going to be able to guess correctly what those four wines are. And so that is packed with cool information and tasting, you know, tricks and 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 things like that. But I would say there are are always opportunities to uh, enjoy trying to taste new wines that you've never had before or a new style of wine you've never had before. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a cool uh, walk-around tasting event that's going to be held up at Plantation House on Saturday night at 6 p.m., uh, where there's going to be a few wine tables. Not not a huge uh, you know wine event with tables and tables and tables, but uh, several wines being poured and some food being... Uh, available up there as well, where folks can walk up to a table and taste several different wines. And that always gives you opportunity to try new stuff. Uh, and But I would say for sure to not just the one seminar uh, on how to blind taste, but the other three, one of them is going to be a West Coast is the best coast. And we've got a winemaker from Oregon and, and a, two from California, each pouring different styles of wines. Then on saturday there's going to be what we call the brotherhood of eternal pinot and that is three of the most amazing pinot noir winemakers from the russian river valley uh, sonoma county area Uh, jeff stewart rod berglund and fred shearer and these guys know how to make the most delicious pinot and have for many many years then after that following that is napa valley originals where we'll have three great wineries, you know, uh, each of these three winemakers will have three wines from Napa and talking about how their uh, area where their winery is located creates those flavors in the grapes. And then they make that wine from those grapes and it's Napa for sure, all the way hundred percent Napa Valley original.
0: Well, you've mentioned a, a few of the different options for folks, anyone who wants details on uh, the schedule of events this week and, and how to purchase tickets. Some events are sold out, so you you don't want to wait too much longer. Um, you can visit Kapalua Wine and Food Festival com. You'll find a list of events taking place at ranging from Sansei to Montage Kapalua Bay, Merriman's, the Ritz Carlton Maui, Kapalua Plantation House, as you mentioned, and, and Taverna. Um, and the bigger events, as you mentioned, the, the gala on Saturday. The Wine menu looks amazing, and the food menu looks amazing. Um, so that is one I think the walkabout tasting gala. Um, that certainly, if you're looking for a, a big sunset event to, to sample, uh, as you mentioned, quite a bit of wine with some amazing food is, is there. And Taverna also has a really nice Sunday brunch as well. In addition to That's obviously right. all of the other the other uh, the venues, each venue kind of has has their own different uh, event going on that that is equally enjoyable. I'd say.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that it's really cool the way the Kapalua Resort partners hui together to uh, create a little bit of uh, uh, choices and, you know, so much diversity for us all because there's an event at Taverna, there's an event at Sensei, there's an event at uh, Winemaker Dinner at Merriman's, and, and, uh, and Plantation House has that gala walk-around tasting, and then all of the events that will be held, uh, at the Ritz Carlton, and, as we said, montage as well has a splendid wine dinner and a Sunday night thing but uh you know each of these places has their their personality and their flavor and their flair. so a guest coming let's say you are coming and you're attending all of those events, you get to visit all of the coolest spots around Kapalua, and there's winemakers at each one of these events that are ready available. It's an engaging event. It's not oh, they're just way up on a stage and no one can ever talk to them. Uh, it, it really is a, a cool and soulful event, and this is the 41st year of the Kapalua Wine and Food Festival. It's the it's the oldest, longest running wine festival in the country, and we're we're proud of it and our work uh, to to you know support it every year because you know uh, USA Today named it the number one top festival in the country by the, the voters the you know that read USA Today voted for that, for Kapalua Wine and Food Festival. That's a big deal. and We're very, very happy about that.
0: Yeah, and I was going to ask you, you know, and I'm sure you're obviously a little bit biased going up on Oahu there, but you, you've you been around the world to all types of wine events. What makes Kapalua so special for an event like this?
1: Uh, first of all, it's the island of Maui and all the magic that exists on that island. And we're true... Uh, I always say Hawaiian hospitality, the hospitality and the friendliness. And as I'm saying, the engaging vibe, it's the vibe. It's this little jewel box event under coconut trees on one of the most beautiful spots in the entire planet. And as you said, yes, I'm fortunate I've traveled all over the globe, but that, that little area there at Kapalua with the view across the water to Molokai And all of a thousand shades of blue in the ocean and the sky is really one of my favorite places in the world. And I have to tell you, you throw a wine festival on top of that? Wow.
0: (laughs) And I I do also want to point out um, a portion of the funds raised from the Kapalua Wine and Food Festival do benefit the University of Hawaii Maui Culinary Arts Program. Um, So your wine and food tasting goes to a good cause, kind of a win-win for everybody on that one
1: boy that's right and you know the the more folks that we teach about the hospitality industry and how to cook and serve and, and uh, serve our guests the better it's going to be for all of us because we're going to want to go out someday and we hope somebody's going to be there to take care of us you know uh, hospitality and uh, food and wine and music and all of those things together are just some of the most special and wonderful things that we can share on this planet
0: yeah well I, I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna shift gears a little bit and ask you some some wine questions um in sure. general and I'm sure you get asked these at every event. I'm sure you'll be asked these this weekend when folks see you but i'm I'm not gonna ever try to pin you down to your favorite wine, but is there a wine you've had recently um say in the last uh, couple years that really left an impression on you
1: Oh my well, and thank you for not asking me the that one question of what's your favorite wine. It's hard. That was hard. It's I, impossible. I need, at least, I need at least five. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, there. just in the last year and a half, I'm just smitten with this wine from a winery called Grand Moraine in Oregon in Willamette Valley. Yeah. And, and this wine will actually be somewhere, I don't know where, but somewhere inside this festival. It might be at one of the wine dinners, uh, but I saw it on a list somewhere. It's called Grand Moraine Brut Rosé Sparkling Wine. Oh my gosh and it is as good uh and delicious and just light and ethereal and filled with great refreshing flavors as any fine champagne uh that you would get from France you know uh mm-hmm. certainly except for maybe the, the the top three most expensive wines and, you know, on the planet, the most rare, but I'm telling you, this is at a par. It's a sparkling wine from Oregon, Grand Moraine Brut Rose. It is a sparkling wine that is definitive and delicious and amazingly well-made. And just, it's a special thing. I'm telling you, I'm hooked on it. Uh, It's, it's been kind of a, 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 you know, all of us in the wine world love to find, a gem. Yeah. You know, ferret out something really cool and it's not the most expensive thing in the world but it's one of the most delicious things you've had recently. That's one of them.
0: Well, I think and I think if our listeners are paying attention they're getting some really great insight right now on on little scores to get. But you just mentioned another big point is that it's not always about the price. Um, just because right. wine is more expensive. And, and maybe you can expand on that sort of, uh, I think sometimes if, if people might not be as comfortable, whether it's at a restaurant or, or at a grocery store getting something for dinner, they think that uh, just because this one is 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 more than the others, it has to be better, but that's not always the case.
1: No, it's not the case. And and the the kind of intro or prelude to that is a lot of people ask me on a daily basis what's the best wine in the world. They always ask me that, mm-hmm. and I will always tell them the same answer: it's the one that you like. Yeah, right? yep. that's the best wine is the one you like. Not, you know, I can tell you what the most expensive wine in the world is certainly, but I cannot tell you uh, what is going to be the best for you because we all have a different taste and we all enjoy different things. Some of us may agree on a few things here and there, but typically, uh, when someone asks me that, I would tell them, well, what kind of, what style of wine do you usually like to drink? And then I can find some within that category that I think are super delicious. But, uh, going back to the price, you're absolutely right. If somebody, uh, tastes a wine that let's say, you know, I got some pretty delicious wines in the $20 range actually that I could recommend to anybody. And, uh, it, it, the, we, we really have a lot of fun sometimes putting a brown paper bag around those wines and serving them with wines three and four times the price, yeah. uh, j- just for fun. And at the end of the you know thing where we're all tasting and saying, well, I like this one the best and rate them one to five or however you want to do it. We pull the bags off and sometimes, Folks go, oh, my gosh, can I change my score? I just gave that $200 wine, you know, last in place of this little thing. And the one that's only $19, I gave it number one. But that's okay because there's no rules about that. There
0: are no rules, yeah.
1: You know, sometimes the price is uh, formed by – it is the smallest tiny vineyard in the world for a quality wine, and there's a lot of demand for it. So let's say there's only 100 cases made, and so that's 1,200 bottles for the whole world of that wine. And then that drives the price up because it's supply and demand. Some right. collectors said, no, it's the best, and all the collectors follow that person, and next thing you know, it's a 1000 or $3,000 a bottle, yeah. right? But you and I, we don't even care for that type of wine. And so, wow, give it to those guys that (laughs) really want it and get to pay that price for it. Because you and I, I'd rather have 100 cases of something that's only $19, just saying. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I have a hard time drinking hundred cases, but I'm being
0: deceived. <laughs> well, uh, my next question to, to do with wine is, uh, I want two regions from you. I want a region in the U S that you gravitate to these days. I know it probably changes and maybe an international region that you're gravitating to recently.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, one of the reasons I really love, uh, in the United States, because we already talked about Oregon where that, that, uh, that grand marine sparkling wine is from is russian river valley and sonoma coast i i lump them together they're two two separate areas but they're right next to each other in the same locale and uh especially for pinot noir yeah it is it's just a certain particular style that's made and comes from that place that i just personally love in my style right now that i'm, I'm enjoying and uh They're also really beautiful places to visit for sure. But the other place I think uh, right now I'm I'm getting excited about Sicily, the Island of Sicily, Mm -hmm. because I'm discovering some wines from there and none of them are that terribly expensive, but some of them are just really good drinking pairing with food wines, white wines and red wines, both. Some of the red wines are a little spicy and have some unique flavors and maybe, you know, someone that, that is is really far, maybe farther along and enjoying wines uh, would like a few of those mountain wines more. But some of the wines, red wines and, and both white from Sicily, are just good drinking, great flavors, inexpensive, and coming from grapes that were almost extinct. And, and uh, some of the youngsters are bringing these grapes back from the brink of extinction and following tradition – Except for one big difference, they're making clean wines now. There's hygiene and cleaning in the winery, and because the last 15 years we've had amazing developments in that area across the globe, and places that made wine, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's kind of dirty. I don't know, it tastes so earthy <laughs> and funky, yeah. And now they're just brilliant and amazing and clean and bright and fresh and pure. So there's there's great great improvements in the world of wine.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to remind everyone, you know, all these sorts of tips and more are available for you this week at the Kapalua Wine and Food Festival. So last last question or I guess last comment I'll allow you to kind of throw out there is, um, you know, for anyone who's on the fence about uh, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. What advice would you give them to, to nudge them over the finish line to say, hey, this is this is a really fun event and something that you'll you'll have a really good time at?
1: Everybody that goes has a good time. It's for sure. Uh, there's such a good vibe and, and, uh, a vibe of camaraderie and sharing. Hey, as a matter of fact, uh, we're going to, we're going to have a, a winemaker jam, Connie capilla, on Saturday night in the lobby of the Ritz Carlton hotel, after the walk around tasting at plantation house, back in the lobby at the Ritz Carlton. So there's no charge for this. Uh, although there is a bar and lots of wine and drinks and whatnot, uh, winemakers and master sommeliers are going to jam. And let me tell you, they don't suck. They actually play pretty good, (laughs) right? And uh, that's just kind of the living room vibe, hang, vibe that this festival has in all of its events. That's kind of the epitome of it right there, Mm -hmm. where you can sit down next to a master sommelier or a couple of winemakers and a great chef and just become good friends, and share a glass or just share a song. And uh, that is really the vibe of it. And so don't, not to be intimidated by this one because it's down, down to earth and fun and amazing. But don't be fooled. Some of the greatest, most delicious wines in the world will be there.
0: Awesome. Well, once again, uh, visit Kapalua Wine and Food Festival.com. You have a whole schedule of events there uh, ranging all throughout Kapalua. And then, of course, on, on, um, amidst other events, as you said, winemaker panels and other tastings. There's there's a large gala on Saturday evening, uh, a champagne brunch on Sunday, um, and, and all sorts of things in between that I think anyone who's interested in wine or just getting started in wine uh, or just wants to is looking for something different to do this weekend. Um, it, I highly recommend heading heading to West Maui and, and checking it out. So, Michael, I want to thank you for taking the time. I want to thank you for giving the insight uh, for folks on, on what to expect this weekend and a little bit about you and, and some of your uh, expertise as well.
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking me to participate. Folks, we'll see you at Kapalua.